Boom, button his hat. Button his hat. Waiting for Autumn to finish clicking and clacking. The steam deck. Fuck off, Autumn! M says fuck off. <laughs> they just wiggled. Okay, fair enough. Oh, it... I also still don't know what to call this podcast. No, no, we're going into this with no title. Let's do it. about Aragon. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi, I've never read Aragon before now. Uh, and now you've read roughly half of it, kind of. Yeah, 35 chapters. It felt like about half of it. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this podcast is in your feed. I don't know what feed it's in. I don't know what it's called yet, but we're doing it. This one's yours. I'm I'm just the talent. I read the book and I record. It's all you. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, we are reading the Inheritance Cycle. We've split the first book, Aragon, into two parts, and we have read the first thirty-five chapters, which is a section that ends with the chapter, "The Razak's Revenge." And uh, uh, later books get a little longer, so we'll be splitting those into probably three or four, pro- hopefully three, but we'll see. <clears throat> yeah i would say this was uh, maybe just uh, above the, the amount of reading i would like to do every week okay the, uh, to be fair this is a bi-weekly podcast but i've got other books i need to read for other podcasts so me too <laughs> um so first of all you've never read aragon you've seen uh i believe never seen the movie either i can't no. imagine you've seen the movie <laughs> No, I've not seen the movie. I kind of remember the trailers for it a little bit. Is Jeremy Irons in that movie? Yeah, he's Brom. Fuck off. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Brom's like a, a, a Gandalf guy. <laughs> I I much prefer Jeremy Irons' version of him. We'll talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I have never seen Aragon. I've never read the books. You have always said the books are good. I, uh, You like them. You grew up with them, right, I assume? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and I read the Christopher Paolini book uh, for that you did for Anomalous Ratings. What was that called again? To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. Yeah, and I thought that was like a totally decent, readable book. And I was like, yeah, I'll sign up for more of this guy. I'd like to see what uh, what Nora's cooking with. Uh, you know, you got me into Ruby. We don't do Ruby anymore <laughs> because of uh, reasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, having nothing to do with the TV show Ruby. Inexplicably, it wasn't the TV show that did <laughs> Um And, uh, you know, I was just curious. Sometimes you just want to check out things your friends are into. And this seemed like a relatively muted commitment. You know, there's only four books and they seem like quick reads. Uh, I'm not really a fantasy person, despite having done, you know, uh, Mortar Movie Night. That's not what it's called. Bag and Book Club uh, with everybody. Um, fantasy is just not typically my thing. Uh, but I figured I would make an exception. I'll tell you right now, I enjoyed it way more than the first half of Way of Kings I read like two years ago. <laughs> I thought that was intolerably boring. Sorry to all my friends who are Brando Sando weirdos, including you. It's true. I'm a Brando Sando weirdo. Uh, I feel like I care more about Aragon than the Cosmere stuff, but um, I will clarify that this is a this is six books, not four. What? Aragon what? <laughs> Cycle says four fucking books. Nora. <laughs> well, there's a, a very small uh, trio of short stories, and then there's the new book that came out this year. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. If you're really adamant about not reading Murtag, you don't have to read Murtag, but. I guess it depends how the rest of this goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I guess we should just talk about the first half of Aragon. Yeah, do we want to do you want to do you want me to su- try to summarize what I have gathered about the first half of Aragon? Yeah, that that'll be fun. Okay, so they're in a place called Allegatia, right? Mhm. 
Um, and there used to be dragon riders, uh, which were people who formed this like psychic bond with their dragons and they made peace with the elves and the dragons and the people, uh, whatever. And at one point, one of them called, uh, Galbatorix went evil and became like the evil <clears throat> king of humans. Yes. Am I good so far? Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and he like subjugated all of the riders and seemingly just like killed everyone who didn't fall under him. And basically the dragons, other than the one he has, suppose like they mentioned he has a dragon, but other than that, like all the dragons are gone. Um, except for th- we, t- we find out three eggs and we get like a little like cold open on some elves carrying an egg and they get ambushed by some ring wraiths and uh, ch- cast ch- teleportation magic on the egg and it disappears and lands in the wilds of fantasy Appalachia where Aragon, our hero, lives with his father? His uncle, Garrow. No, uncle, uncle, yes, right, all right. Remember, yeah, like, he's the he's farm boy with no father. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 because his mom showed up one day and was like, don't ask questions, just raise this kid. Um, and uh, anyway, he, you know, they they live on the outskirts of this, t- this small town and he goes hunting. Um, he's described as like very tan and he knows how to use a bow and do all sorts of stuff. Just just like a, a wood folk, um, a Katniss Everdeen prologue, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> You know, Um, and he finds the egg, doesn't know what it is like. Oh, it's this weird fucking rock in like this place where no one goes because it's supposedly like magical or whatever and starts asking around for information about it. If they could sell it because they're basically starving at all times. They're very poor. And uh, it turns out it's a dragon egg and inside is one of the new era of dragons. Um, In asking a bunch of questions, he come across Brom, who is a storyteller. Everyone's like, oh, he's just a guy who knows lore. And he's described as an incredibly ancient looking old man uh, who everyone underestimates and definitely not Jeremy fucking Irons. Um, but uh, Brom quickly intuits that he's asking questions for a reason. The dragon hatches. When Aragon touches it, he gets like a weird... It's not like a brid. It almost feels like it's like a piece of like... Tran- like like uh, like Mother of Pearl or whatever on his hand. That's kind of how they describe it. Mm-hmm. Like just a patch that like glows when magical stuff happens. Um... And he forms a psychic bond with the increasingly growing dragon. Uh, he asks Brom about some dragon stuff, names dragons. Uh, why have I just blanked on the dragon's name suddenly? Sephira. Sephira, yes, like Sapphire, because it's Blue Dragon. That's right. Um, names and, are easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, his uncle gets JRPG'd by the Ringwraiths uh, in the... Well, Aragorn's away. He, they question him and kill the you know, burn uncle and uh, and uh, uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. One of those, you know. Yeah. They, he he show, comes home to the homestead on fire and his uncle be dying. Um, and him and Brom go on an adventure as Brom's going to train him to be a dragon rider. Um, how does Brom know that? Can't tell you. It's too sad and it would mess up with your head, kid. If I told you all the evil shit that I did in my evil backstory or whatever, actually, I don't think Brom's evil. I think Brom like is deeply compromised and worried that. Uh, Aragon thinks he's going to be evil if he told him all the stuff, which is we'll get to it. I think this is like some of the interesting stuff that makes this first half of the book good. But they they basically travel through like fucking middle of nowhere fantasy land, just like a, they're on like the step basically for weeks. And they found like this one town that's run down and set on fire. It's like the gunslinger. If you've read the gunslinger, <laughs> Stephen King's famous fantasy novel, the gunslinger, that one town is just out of the gunslinger. It's really weird, actually. Yeah, I'm like, like this kid. Uh, yeah, is this kid reading the Gunslinger? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. I was about the age I was when I read the Gunslinger. Um, Gunslinger's sick as hell. Um, some of the stuff with the prophecy also reminds me of Gunslinger. I, I bet Christopher Paolini had read the Gunslinger. I'm going to make this as a bet. If someone knows, let me know. Um, and uh, Aragon becomes more and more powerful. He starts learning magic. Uh, there's a whole magic system about knowing the true names of stuff. Um, very inspired by Wizard of Earth um, which is another book. If you're going to steal from something, steal from a really good book like that. Mm-hmm. No, no, not mad about it. Um, and they finally catch up to the evil guys. The what's it called? The Razak, you said? Yeah. The Razak, who had, the people you know killed his uncle um, in this like in this like fantasy evil gothic town. <laughs> yeah. The biggest city that they've been to so far. Yeah. But it's just like the, there, there's like. There's like cannibalistic Catholic churches in it. It's like really fucked up. It's like the most like clearly evil place you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I wonder. Where, bit... where could the Razak be hiding? Could it be yeah. in the Hell Tower? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, they they're about to go deal with that. And uh, Aragorn's is wandering around one day, and he gets jumped in the church by the Razak, who like just like stumble upon him on accident. And they have like a page and a half that is like a John Woo shootout in a fantasy novel. And I was fucking sick. Uh, and then he flees the city with Brom, uh, but they are overcome. Uh, Brom seems like he gets like. N- it's hard to say killed because every every other chapter ends with Aragon passing out in his book, so you never know what the fuck's going on, but everyone's usually fine. But it does seem like Brom gets stabbed and Aragon passes out, and that's how we end with them being captured by the Razak. Uh, you only reading. skipped two things. Okay. One is we have an interlude where we try to track the Razak in Tyrm uh, by reading a bunch of scrolls. And Aragorn oh, right. learns to read, and he gets his fortune told by Angela the Herbalist. Yes. There is there is um, a whole section where they're like, uh, shipping records will solve this problem. And I was like, this is the nerdiest boy who's ever written a book <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, and it turns into a montage about teaching uh, Aragorn to read, which takes about a week. I was like, man, he learned quick. It took me ages to learn to read. Yeah. That's like a whole school year. And I didn't even like it for like another year and a half after that. Uh, but you see, reading is so powerful, and it uh... yeah no. I mean, to be fair, if I learned to read when I was like seven, I don't know how old Aragorn's supposed to be. 15. 15, 17. Okay, if I was learning to read at fifteen, I probably would take to it a little faster than I did when I was in like second grade or whenever they teach you in school. First grade, probably first grade. I think so. I think that's right. Um, yeah, and then next door to Jode, who's Brom's friend, is Angela yes. and. Solombum, who is a werecat. Right. Aragon yeah. goes in, talks to Solombum with his mind. Solombum talks back, freaks him out. But um, because of that, Angela offers to do a fortune telling for him, tells him a bunch of stuff about his future uh, that's so- mostly vague, but some of it you can probably tell. <laughs> the because... one thing the one thing she says that's the most funny thing to me is uh, she basically is like, don't worry, there will be a girl in this book soon enough. <laughs> An epic romance. Yes. <laughs> I rolled my eyes. Um, and then Solombom says a bunch of cryptic shit to Aragon about yes. uh, the Minoa tree and the Rock of Kuthian and the Vault of Souls. Yeah. I did not. I'm going to be honest with you. did not retain too much of the details of that. So I figured they'll just remind me again when it comes up. That's true. Um, there's also at least three times that Aragon has a weird dream and sees something crazy. Um, the only one that I really remember is he dreams of a, he, he uses the scrying ability to see a woman that he saw in a dungeon in his dream. And it turns out he's that he can actually see her with the scrying, which shouldn't be possible because you can only see things that are real. Um, and he's like, what's that about? And Brom goes, I don't know. Not a fucking clue. Seems bad. Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with that. Because there's also a bit where it's like intimated that she could maybe see him back. I, I assume this is his mother, but I don't know. We're, we're not told. I don't want you to tell me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing is that uh, the fight with the Razak at the end of our section, uh, some mysterious uh, uh, helper is out oh, there right, yes. shooting arrows at the Razak and driving them off. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what uh, what that could be about, but I, I'm sure we'll find out in the next chapter, which is titled Murtag. Oh, yeah, okay. The guy of the book that just came out. Uh-huh. Have you read Murtag? Uh, I've read the first act or so. Oh, okay. I decided to stop reading it when you offered to do this podcast because I just figured we'd read it for the podcast. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Um... <laughs> yeah that's where we cut it off um uh maybe i should have done another two or three chapters but it seemed like that it felt like it was a long reading i'll be honest Mm. like i understand because it ends in kind of a weird place but it was a long reading yeah um yeah that's uh that's the summary uh what what are you thinking about aragon so far so I have like a lot, a couple things, I guess. Um, Pavlini continues to write incredibly like 
terse is not the right word, but he's just not interested in like the ornamentation that I think of as the thing I don't like about fantasy novels. Mm. Um, at no point is he going to, and I say this knowing full well that when we read Lord of the Rings, I was like talking about how much I liked all of that stuff. Tolkien is an exception because I read him at a certain age and I don't know. He just gets a pass yeah. where a lot of people would not uh, for me. Um, I just don't like when there's a lot of time spent on like, ah, yeah, this is what the, the roads look like and the towns look like and the people look like. And here's our magic system at ad nauseum. And here's everyone's inner life as they worry about some shit that happened that doesn't really matter. Um, Paolini's not interested in most of that. I'm not going to say that he is writing um, books for screen, which is like the rude way of saying so. It's like he's writing a screenplay. Maybe is whatever. Like, I don't know how anyone in the in the modern world writing a book can't on some level not think in images that they see through film. Mm -hmm. It's just hard. Like it's corrupted our brains. Uh, we just think in a, in like camera placement on some level and that's fine. Um, but there's just like a, there's always something happening. A lot of the chapters are like six pages. Um, and I think there's like a lot of events that I would describe as not particularly important. Like, like you mentioned, Aragon passes out at the end of about half the chapters, <laughs> either he's falling asleep, exhausted, or he's just normally falling asleep or he's bonked on the head and passes out. Uh, whatever. It just happens a lot. This boy is always passing out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of like what the story's about of this weird adventure of this, this very precocious young man and his Gandalf, um, and his dragon, uh, I think they're, they form a really interesting family unit because, um, Safira, Safira, like, it's not about like a romance between the man and his dragon, but there's like a different book could have easily made this character into like, they have this weird longing for each other that can't be consummated because it's not a book about a guy who fucks a dragon mm. i'm pretty sure fingers <laughs> crossed um but she like he, he he raises her but she immediately like leapfrogs him in like knowledge just because dragons are weird like that and ends up being like a big sister slash mother figure to him as someone who didn't have a mother and i think that stuff is like interesting um because she's like jealous of the time he gets to spend with brahm because she has to always be in hiding because there's not supposed to be dragons around so they can like psychically communicate but they don't spend a lot of time together and she just is like kind of petty about it sometimes and not like in a mean way but she's just like i wish i was not always outcast from our little friend group but also her and brahm have this relationship of knowing what's going on that aragon does not have um you get the sense that brahm has probably told her way more than he's told aragon mm -hmm. and she's agreed to not give up his confidence um and just by, by the nature of being a dragon seems to just be able to d intuit things uh at a greater capacity than aragon um who is kind of a, a dense boy, uh, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think that stuff and like just the journey of them chasing these guys and exploring this like weird family and it really works. I was like, I, I'm like ready for some new characters to show up, which I assume we're going to get as this, this Murtaugh guy shows up. Um, but I was really surprised that this was the thing that really drove my interest is like Brahms a really interesting mentor figure because he's a Gandalf. Right. But there's the there's the thing with Gandalf. That in Gandalf like characters, like Obi-Wan's guilty of this, where mm -hmm. he would he says just enough to get Luke really excited, and then it's like, I can't tell you anymore. But then like all you're gonna do is make him run off and do the thing. And I think Braum, more than most of these characters, maybe because it's written by someone who like is in the Aragon like age range, right? Stops and explains, I will tell you. I promise I will tell you, but if I told you right now, it would just fuck you up. <laughs> it's like too much information you would you wouldn't know what to do with it or maybe it's like you'd be too excited to use this magic and you'd like blow up your head or whatever um he gives like really concrete reasons why sometimes it's good to not know something and like that in itself is like man more of the more of the mentor characters just give one line about why they can't tell you a thing because often they're like oh i must be enigmatic about this then someone runs off half cocked like oh he's not telling me because he doesn't want me to know the secret information uh because it's really cool and then they get into trouble this is like every this is like Harry Potter, like half the Harry Potter books, right? Is this mm. exact thing happening because Dumbledore is irresponsible and stupid. Um, and it's just nice to have a mentor figure that is like really responsible about taking care of this young guy and training him and teaching him enough to like stretch his wings, but not enough to where he's going to try to kill himself on accident. Um, and that's, that's the thing I was like really impressed with. I think that's the part that this book that's like genuinely really good. Yeah. Uh, I, Brahm's a great guy, a great character. 
um, yeah, think about him all the time. I assume, I assume, if he's not actually dead, we're about to find out his deal. My guess is that he used to be a dragon rider. That's like the only thing that makes sense. Uh, also, people mention that he did, hasn't aged in like thirty years, so he's basically <laughs> functionally immortal. So him being old doesn't really matter. Yeah, he sure does a lot of um, sword fighting for somebody yes. who's who looks like Gandalf. Yeah, but when he meets that other guy who is like, I was young when we hung out, and now I'm old, and you look the exact same. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume that's meant to imply that he was probably around when dragons were around, like, uh, hundreds of years ago or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's the one who fought uh, Morzan, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. Do get, he also really is the means. one who stole, uh, he and Jode stole the dragon egg from Galvatorix in the first place. Yes. Decades ago. Decades ago. From Gilead. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, Gilead also. I mean, that's from the Bible, but also <laughs> famously from the Dark Tower. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, what I do know, as for other sort of um, influences here, in the second half of this book, I never remember what it is because I'm not into this, but there is some kind of like Doctor Who thing happening. He's really okay. into Doctor Who. I don't know what the fuck that means because that's that's crazy to me. <laughs> There's like okay, a Doctor I'm, Who I'm... joke or something. I don't. People okay. complained about it a lot. This like okay. I loved this book when I was younger, uh-huh. and then I got onto the internet, and this was right before Twilight dropped, and Aragon yeah. was like the prime target for people who wanted something to make fun of online. Yes, yes um, absolutely. And so I've always had this like impulse of like, oh no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Please, it's this book is cool. Look, it's doing cool stuff. And then now I'm 30 years old and I can just say, no, I like the book. I don't really feel like I have to rush to defend it as much as I did when I was younger. Um, yeah, it's it's weird because like Paolini's success story is like a child author. One is like often overstated because like he was a teenager. Um, I, I like it. My memory of the cultural story of Paolini is like, oh, this fucking uh, kid wrote this novel and it sucks because a kid wrote it. And also it's just because his parents owned a publishing house and whatever. Uh, everybody's fucking parent. If I was mad at every Nepo baby, like just by the <laughs> nature of what they did, I'd never be able to experience a movie in my life. So yeah. it's fine. I'll set that aside. Um, you know, the, the fact that this got picked up by real publishers after its popularity and self-publishing, um, which was not a thing that caused books to be successful in 2001. It's not like it is today. Self-publishing was a joke. It's what you did when your book was dog shit. Um, so getting picked up by Knopf to be published is like a statement. Like, that's a, a rare success story of uh, this kind of fiction in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fine. I think the book's totally fine so far. There's nothing like super terrible about it it's like if aragon is meant to be some self-insert like the most i could say is that uh he doesn't feel actually especially imperiled but like i think that he because he has such concrete problems put ahead of him needs to learn magic needs to learn to read needs to practice sword fighting um there's always like something to do like there's not a lot of like time wasting they're on they're chasing some guys they're trying to get the guys uh it's very clear what the goals are um so even if i never feel like oh something could go terribly wrong to like I, you know it, it, the stakes feel low um but that's i don't necessarily think that's like negative like i don't really i don't mind um if that stuff just doesn't really land for me because i just think it's kind of pleasant it's just like a pleasant adventure novel um and that has its own charms you know yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that the this one, like the last time I read through, I came away with this one and the third one being my favorites. With the third one being my like favorite of those two. Um, okay, I'll be curious to see what my take is now. Um, I did come away with a couple of new observations on this reread. Um, yeah, sure, hit me. So this is kind of a speculation thing, but okay. we get uh true name stuff explained yes. a little bit yeah but also there's the scene where brahm tells aragon i am one who's here to help you and that's the truest thing i've ever said i'm thinking that it, that might be brahm's true name it's one who's here to help you uh it's kind of a elaborate ridiculous name if true but <laughs> i guess it wouldn't 
I just assume everyone's true name is in uh, their fake and old Norse language because yeah. all of the spells are like it's that. It's that, but in that in the language in the oh, ancient okay. language. Sure, yeah, maybe it's possible. It just like I don't know. I've never like seen somebody talk about that on like the. I used to read TV tropes a lot. You see, oh um, yeah, you can get banned from the Discord for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you go to TV tropes, uh, there's like the page for like. Um, speculating between uh like releases and it's kind of like a time capsule because most of those posts were written before the final book came out so people were still like trying to connect things in weird ways that ended up being totally like off the mark of what happened but um i did spend a lot of time thinking about like oh what's uh, what thing is gonna come back and like be an important detail later um, because that's how Christopher Paolini likes to write his plots. Um, I think Aragon is like still my ideal sort of fantasy guy, like hero guy. Um, I just in what way? Like, what is the thing that appeals about him? I just like his whole like evolution over time and like kind of like uh luke skywalker at the beginning of return of the jedi where he's like out there doing stuff before he has to go back to like the main plot yeah that's fair uh this book even the first half of this book basically has like three separate training montages Mm -hmm. that aragon goes through and i was like i can't hate a book that understands the power of a training montage um (laughs) and they're really short um like i was imagining the like modern tv conception of what an aragon show would be right and Mm -hmm. i was like the hbo prestige tv show we've already seen two seasons because nothing like they would just stretch all this shit out to be like intolerable um the speed at which the book moves is like a huge benefit for me um, because like, like, I don't think Aragon's like, he's just kind of like Luke Skywalker. He's not, he's not particularly complicated as a character, right? He's just like, I want to kill these guys. And then after that, I'll figure it out. I guess I'll save the world. Cause that seems like the right thing to do, but I'm not particularly like thinking too hard about what that might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, it seems like he's going to have to sign up with some much more compromised guys if he wants to actually do that. Um, but not not a, not a part of the plot right now um and uh that's fine i think that there's nothing wrong with that especially for, for a book about someone growing up i assume you know three more books he's not he's the, the compromises will come uh i think it's good to have a character that starts off like this mm-hmm. um i think it's interesting how little of his like abilities before the dragon shows up seem to matter where he's like a guy who can track and hunt and uh, live on his own in the wilderness has not really been relevant to their horse ride through the step. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of outdoor stuff throughout yeah. these books because Paolini loves being outside and he grew up in Montana. And so he's, he's like big into camping and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of uh, overland travel, a lot of foresty stuff. Um, yeah, just sprinkled throughout. I think that, like, the descriptions of the environments that they pass through are like the sort of thing that I would maybe typically skim past. But here it's just like, yeah. oh yeah, that's fine. I like. That. They're really short. Is yeah. the thing that helps. <laughs> that's true. Um. I also wanted to bring up uh, Garrow's blessing because when uh, uh, Aragon's cousin Roran is going to take a job in another town to get some money so that he can get married, Garrow sits him down with Aragon and gives him a bunch of life advice. Right. Um, he says... Let no one rule your mind or body. Take special care that your thoughts remain unfettered. One may be a free man and yet be bound tighter than a slave. Give men your ear, but not your heart. <laughs> uh, show respect. This is a little. This is a little uh, libertarian. Uh-huh. Uh, little bit man uh, the child ideology. of small business owners. Yes. Uh, show respect for those in power, but don't follow them blindly. Judge with logic and reason, but comment not. 
<laughs> consider none yeah, your superior. Hmm? Go no, go ahead. Keep going. Consider none your superior, whatever their rank or station in life. Treat all fairly, or they will seek revenge. Be careful with your money. Hold fast to your beliefs, and others will listen. Uh, uh yeah. Um, it's it's weird because like I think that Aragon inhabits most of those qualities, and I think to his benefit. But he, when you just lay it out like that, it sounds like the most like sovereign citizen bullshit you've ever heard. <laughs> Someone's gonna be stockpiling gold and like refusing the police uh, when they get stopped for a traffic light or whatever. I mean, a huge part of the um, it's not I don't know if tension is the right word, but like uh, an element that keeps brought up is like. Brahm is trying to keep Aragon from having to, like, align himself with the powers of the world. But he knows, yes. like, that will be inevitable. But yeah. until then, he's trying to keep Aragon as an independent actor. <laughs> well, yeah, the guys that Brahm, like, the, the, the quote-unquote good guys, I don't remember the call, it starts with a V, right? The Varden. Yeah, the Varden are described basically as like an ineffective bureaucracy where everyone like fusses over the rules forever, <laughs> um, which is just like, oh, the, the fucking government's here to take away our dragons and our fun. <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be that, right? Like, you know, I don't think it's like particularly that pointed, uh, but there's definitely a vibe that like on the other side of the veil of the plot happening is a bunch of people who suck because they're not as cool as just like living in the woods by yourself. But um, my guy, you're starving to death. It was not good living in the woods by yourself. <laughs> you ate just meat, just cooked meat in a yeah. pot of water. There was, there's like, there's like one bit early on where they go to the other town and there's like a guy who's like, I like the, I like the kingdom. I like the king because the king makes sure that the, that you can go on the roads and that like people are taken care of that. There's like infrastructure. It's fantasy infrastructure. So it's not that much, but it's better than what we had before when everyone just kind of waited to be murdered by roving gangs. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone goes, no one in our town talks like that. This is shocking. I think Aragon's like, I've never heard anyone say that it's good to have a king. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so we have multiple uh, types of, um, ring rates in this, uh, yes. in this book. We've got the Razak, which are weird guys who are cloaked all the time. Uh, they yeah, click but they, a lot. They're like birds? They're like bird people? Kinda. They, they click a lot. They've got some kind of yeah. beak under there. Yes. And big, like big, like it was like, they have a beak and they have like two large, like black eyes. They're just like fully black. Yeah. Um, shades get mentioned a lot. There was, so is, is it shades or is it just the shade? Cause I feel like they just say like capital S shade. Like it's one person. Uh, a shade, this, this gets like explained later, but a shade okay. is like a type of guy. Okay. Um, and then there's Urgles. We've got to talk about Urgles. What? I don't remember what an Urgle is. What's an Urgle? Those are the guys with horns. They're the orcs of this world. Oh, you're right. The, yes, right. I forgot there was also orcs. Uh, <laughs> Ericon does headshot one of them with his explosive <laughs> magic arrow and blows him up. <laughs> very, very funny. I love the Urgles. We're going to get more Urgle stuff in the future. Um, so th This is one of my favorite, like... I made up a fantasy guy. Oh. Um, Have they really done anything other than get murdered? Nope. And do murder? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, I think uh, I think in the third book is when Christopher is like, I should give these guys culture. I, I don't think that's going to help. I think it's fine. <laughs> just have them be the, the guys you got to kill. Sometimes there's just an army of bad guys you got to kill. They don't have to be people. Don't make it, making them people ruins everything. Don't do it. <laughs> they are essentially guys, but they have like ram's horns on their heads. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was literally just picturing the Urukai from Lord of the Rings when I was yeah, yeah. reading this. But with like horns, like you said. Because they're given nothing other than they are um they travel in groups, they destroy villages they come across, and two of them get headshot by Aragon. Yeah, but they don't travel in big groups. No. 
it's it's unusual for so many to team up to sack this one town and also leave a mountain of corpses topped with a baby on a on a spear. Tops with a baby on a spike. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's it's funny because like I think this is like a very clean cut book overall, mm-hmm. but you describe it and I'm like, this sounds like the edgiest shit in the world, but it really doesn't read that way. It doesn't. Um, also just, um, to give like a minor context, Angela here is named after Paulini's sister who, who had, Angela, she, the, the, the uh, the prophecy lady. Yeah. 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 Um, at some point, uh, the real life Angela starts like helping edit all of, uh, Paulini's stuff and it gets more involved in like making the stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, what else is there to to talk about? Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up specifically? Um, I think that the picture of the dragon on the book the like you know the children's illustration you said it might have been by Paulini. did you find that out I, for I sure or not did not okay i, did I just find that's the... not what i picture when they describe the dragon because they the way in which Sephira is described is like alien like they use the term alien to describe her like movements and I, like she moves like a snake um the way she like takes food like and like moves her head is is meant to be like snake like um they make it sound like she she doesn't have human like human looking eyes. Like there's just something like I'm just imagining like something that's like way weirder than like the the picture book dragon on the cover of Aragon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um they, like they describe her like she's covered in scales that like glisten, like like sapphires, but like they're described not as like gems necessarily, but like in this like like this weird metallic sheen to them. Um and that's not the that's not the that with ha- like inhuman eyes and the head like a snake. I'm like imagining just something that's like much more like animalistic looking, even though it can talk and like is smarter than Aragon. Um and I think that would be more interesting than like the picture we're given. Um I have not seen I have not seen Aragon from the uh movie in modernity i remember when the i saw trailers for it and i remember it just looking like a normalized dragon so i don't think they went this way either mm-hmm. um but my 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 head cannon for this dragon is that it's just like a monster <laughs> um so christopher Pellini did not draw the cover i okay. was misremembering he drew a picture of her eye of Safira's eye that like okay. gets used in the book at some point but he also i'm gonna post this in the bag End book club channel over here Okay, yeah, um, sure. He did draw this picture of Brom. Why did it send a link? Okay, there we go. He- uh yeah, this is what I'm this is closer to what I would imagine Brom to look like. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a Gandalf looking motherfucker. This guy is like uh, travels with the Grateful Dead. He loves it. <laughs> um the I totally lost what I was going to say. Oh, this is, the, this is a guy you underestimate because he just tells cute stories. And then he's like, no, I know the deep lore. And I'm a sword, I'm a master swordsman. <laughs> That's so true. He's a master there's swordsman. A, there's a bit where he's like, he's like, I've taught you everything I know about swords. Like, you beat me with two hands. Because there's a bit where uh, his uh, Aragon breaks his wrist, falling in a river. It's stupid. Um, but he he they te- he teaches him sword fighting with his offhand while doing that. So now he can dual wield. I'm hoping he goes full Kirito mode, two swords at the end of this. Um, <laughs> um, but, Yes. Uh, I was just going to say that the chapter where he does hop across a creek and break his wrist is called a costly mistake. Yes. Uh, it rolls a one and it goes real bad <laughs> for him. Uh, but um, after he teaches him everything he learned about swords fight, he's a sword fight. He's like, all right, you're like a sword master now. Um, and we'll keep working at it. But we don't have to work at it every day. And, you know, we have to be careful because you could kill me and I could kill you. That's that what's, that's where we're at now. Um, but you ever see if you ever see an elf, don't try to fight an elf. An elf will kick your ass. <laughs> There's just no way you will be totally outclassed. And I was like, this is this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Any creature of magic is uh, is way stronger than like natural beings then why aren't they in charge like i know the king is like magical i guess because there's a whole bit where the the king is the only one who can do wizard duels because wizard duels are this crazy thing where you're just like you break into someone's mind and predict their motion their movements as they're doing it to you and whoever gets one ahead on the predictive like 
battle of mm-hmm. wills gets to do the magic because oh. everyone else knows how to counter ridiculous oh yeah that reminds me uh another thing i fucking love about this uh this story is uh just casually dropping yeah all human beings are capable of telepathy if they if they train right yes yes and that's separate from being able to use magic yes um i just thought that was cool as hell um yeah so earlier this year this year i'm doing it already uh last year in 2023 which is the year that we are no longer in um, yes that's correct there was an illustrated edition of aragon that was released uh-huh. i think like only a couple months ago and this here is a picture of brahm from that book looking kind of swole oh <laughs> This is this is like Charlton Heston Ten Commandments yeah. coming down from the mountain. Yeah, um, I I don't imagine him looking this ripped. Or he's not ripped. Like it's hard to tell because he's covered in a cloak and like a tunic mm. or whatever. But there is a there is a physically dominating presence to him um, in this picture that I just don't think Brom would have. But I do think this picture rips. <laughs> I think this all this art that I've found so far from this edition is really cool. This dragon is a little closer to what I want. In my in my in my head, she's got like red eyes. I don't know why I think that. I'm like, oh, like definitely Sephira has red eyes. They just have no like no pupils. They're just red. And then I'm like, did I just invent the dragon version of fucking Admiral Thrawn? And I guess maybe I did. <laughs> so maybe that's just on me. Um, but that's what that's what my brain is conjured up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the um, all of the the book covers have uh like dragon faces on them yes uh i think that the first one is the one that looks the best i think i like the the very horse shaped uh yes yes it is very (laughs) horse-like like it doesn't have enough mouth um but uh coming back to this book has been very fun i've been having a great time i love all these guys i love this big adventure um i'm excited to get to more of it yeah i would say that uh i've so far have been pleasantly surprised i mean i'm not surprised that it's just readable like i said when we we read when i read that sci-fi book i was like man this was like an 800 page book and i read it in like a week and it was chill um I didn't think it was like super deep, but I always, I liked the characterization. I thought it was like a pleasant, a pleasant, if not particularly like complicated read. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So as you just want to read a book and have a good time. Um, and I found Aragon like that also. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, the introduction of more characters and more conflict is interesting. I hope Braum sticks around and is not dead. Um, Cause he's cool. Uh, if he just truly gets Obi-Wan in this, in the next chapter, I'm going to be really sad. I, I prefer not to speak. Yeah. No, no, no it's fine. <laughs> um, um, I th- I have read... I've not necessarily been able to, like, fact check this, but I have had read at some point that this first book got more people, like, touching it than the later ones did. Like, more editors and... and uh, had more influence oh, sure. on it from other Do you people. know... Is there, like... Is there a difference between the the, like... Knopf edition and the self-published original version? Did they go in and change it up? I don't know. I, I didn't think to, to look that up. But... Okay. I, I obviously don't want to look it up because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's stepping on landmines. I, I'll I'll look into it and next okay. time we record I'll, I'll let you know if I find anything. Okay. But um, regardless of wherever this podcast ends up if you have emails about Aragon or dragons, I guess, uh, you can send stuff into exportaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's a great email address to send anything to, really. Just send an email. That's true. Um, and we'll definitely take a look at those. Um, any last minute things, or do you want to wrap us up? No, we can just wrap it up. Okay. I'm excited to read more. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, I don't know when you're releasing this. Me neither. We haven't, many things <laughs> are not decided about this book yet, or this podcast yet. That's true. Um, you see, I'm... Uh, 
80 hours into Baldur's Gate 3 right now, so everything but okay. that has kind of been kind of hazy. Yeah. Um, but go ahead and do some plugs. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. Most of my podcasts can be found at abnormalmapping.com. If you would like to listen to me talk about another book, I have a... Uh, classical literature podcast called around the long fire it started as icelandic sagas but right now we're reading the nibelungen lead which is not icelandic sagas and after that i think we might do some Athuriana and maybe read beowulf neve's been pushing for beowulf and i don't Ooh. really have the heart to tell her no um <laughs> and uh so check that out that comes out most when most thursdays that's the thursday podcast um uh, just abnormalmapping.com slash longfire. If uh, I have a game club called Abnormal Mapping, which has been going for a decade, uh, we recently put an episode on Final Fantasy 15. Uh, no dragons in Final Fantasy 15. Even Bahamut's not a dragon in that game. Um, Man. And yeah, and uh, do I have a Patreon where we do a Gundam podcast uh, called The Great Gundam Project? Uh, Patreon.com slash normal mapping. We're watching Double O Gundam. It's pretty good. I think Beowulf is probably one of, in my top ten movies from 2007. Oh, we will not be watching the Beowulf movie. I can promise <laughs> you fucking that. Uh, one time I did think about watching every film adaptation of Beowulf I could find, but there's only like six or something, which is like yeah. just enough where I'm like, that's a, that's a weird number. I don't wouldn't want to do like a whole like episode of a podcast for each one and i wouldn't yeah. want to like group them together either so then yeah that died this is like i once had an idea that i, I never it was it was never real it was like a, this is like a funny idea that i entertain of doing a podcast where you just i watch every movie that has dracula in it in whatever Ooh. context whether it's a dracula movie an adaptation of dracula an adaptation of the dracula story where dracula doesn't appear or just dracula's got a cameo in it every dracula movie see i had a very very similar idea which is to watch every movie with dracula in the title yeah uh, I called that Drac Attack, but we never got around to, to trying it. Okay. Yeah. You can find me on various social media platforms under the name Skull Daughter. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online. You can support this podcast by going to exportodd.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio and give us some money. Um, that helps a lot. There's yeah. also a lot of... Uh, stuff you get on the patreon you get all of our myriad podcasts in one simple feed and uh it's a great time also there's yeah. like some coffee and comic book stuff coming that i'm gonna be on um some other things we're going to bring back uh pardon my franchise at some point once we're caught up with pardon my fist uh, autumn is across the room doing punch motions on the couch as i talk about pardon my fist uh, that's a good one. That's where we, we're reading uh, Fist of the North Star. Um, but yeah, give us your money. You should, yeah, give Export your money. Uh, you, you One, you get Ornate Stairwells Early, which is my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts and definitely my favorite movie podcast. Uh, neither of us are on it, but uh, it is very good. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I did have a sign off, but I do need to look it up real quick. Okay. Because it's in the ancient language. All right, sure. So, um, here we go. Here we go. Uh, say owner Sverdar sit Yehavas. That's yeah, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that is Mayor Sword Stay Sharp, which is uh, okay. I remember Christopher Paolini signing off like blog posts with that. Ah, uh, what a cornball. <laughs> <laughs> he is a cornball. Yeah. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.